Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Good day and welcome to another session of Art Talk. This is Laura Baldovs at Cedarburg Public Library in Cedarburg, Wisconsin. And today we are talking to Samantha Landry, who is our new director of the Cedarburg Art Museum. Welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. It's been really fun uh, getting to know you and also we would like to let our listeners get to know you. So let uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, all right. Um, so a bit about my background is I have my undergraduate in art history from UW-Whitewater, mm-hmm. and then I have my master's um, in art history from UW-Milwaukee. Um, after I graduated, I ended up teaching at UW-Whitewater art history, so I did a survey of art history and then also... Um, it's like medieval art and architecture. Okay, um, so is that your focus? It's not, oddly oh. enough. I got my master's in Italian Baroque art. Okay. <laughs> so the 17th century Italian, um, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. So Sure, very, um, lots of stuff going on yes. in the artwork and uh, the colors, I'm sure, were very vibrant and beautiful oh definitely and mm-hmm. I I actually um focused on sculpture okay so everything was white it was not colorful <laughs> <laughs> but lots of movement and so that that was something I was really attracted to with the um Italian Baroque so mm-hmm. yeah so I ended up teaching for a year at Whitewater and then I became the assistant director of the Gallery of Wisconsin Art for about two years and then I headed over here in the spring so where's the Wisconsin Art Gallery? So that it was in West Bend. Unfortunately, it ended up closing in the spring, so oh, okay. I headed on over here. But funny enough, I ended up um, doing some research for the Cedarburg Art Museum a couple of years back. Mm-hmm. So I ended up knowing you know, the previous director as well as our current um, volunteer curator, Mary Chimati. So mm-hmm. kind of had my hands already in the museum, so it made it... Um, a very easy process to come here. So, What kind of research were you doing for the art museum? So I was a special, a special researcher for the 
um, exhibition, Wisconsin Rebels from Regionalism. Okay. So I, I focused my research specifically on early Wisconsin artists. Mm-hmm. So I did a lot of background on those guys. I also did a couple of tours at the exhibition, too. So. Okay, so this research was then used at the Cedarburg Art Museum as part of their literature describing yes. the show and giving a little bit of background to the artworks is that exactly um it went into a small catalog and it was used for like wall labels and that kind of thing and and again my tours were open to the public so sure you know we had visitors coming to the museum and and hearing about those artists firsthand yeah those are that's something that people i don't think really are aware of what goes on in uh creating an exhibit all the behind the scenes work such as your research um about the work uh i think a lot of people just think oh yeah they just know about the stuff and they write up a you know a description of the exhibits but it's much more more than that oh yeah it's definitely more involved um you know, our wonderful curator, Mary Chamati, she does a lot of research, especially mm-hmm. when we're talking about earlier works. Mm-hmm. You have to go to the library. Right. So yeah. somewhere like here um, <laughs> to, to kind of research about those artists. And if they're living, it's doing interviews with uh, the mm-hmm. artists. So okay. it's a lot of background information. It's a lot of writing. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not just let's pick pretty pictures to put on the wall. Um, sure. There's a lot of meaning that's that goes into it. So as a librarian, I'm curious to know where else do you do your research other than uh, interviewing artists? Um, which Are there specific libraries you find to be better sources, or do you do anything online? I do a lot online, if mm. I'm going to be completely honest. <laughs> um, you know, the, the Milwaukee, or sorry, the Museum of Wisconsin Art is a, has a wonderful archive of, mm. um, you know, information on previous Wisconsin artists, so deceased Wisconsin artists. Mm -hmm. Also, you know, I use, I still go to UWM's library because I'm used to it. That's where I went to grad school. They've got a lot of wonderful books. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, just kind of a combination of all the libraries, you know, we use that universal um, system to kind of check out lots of different libraries. Cool. Mm -hmm. So uh, what, what led you to art in the beginning? Well, I was always creating artwork as a kid, you know, Mm -hmm. like I think every other child does. I was not a prodigy or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I ended up going to Italy after I graduated from high school and just kind of fell in love with the history of it all. It's such a beautiful country. Like you can't not fall in love with the art there. So then I ended up um, getting my, yeah, my, my undergrad in art history with a minor in art. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where it all started. So when you were in Italy, did you happen to go to the Vatican? Of course, yes, mm. yeah. I I went to a lot of <laughs> a lot of churches too, because that's yes. really where Baroque art is and Renaissance art is. So right, but right. yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, in a sense, that's also in those days where art was accessible for the general public. Oh, definitely, and that's where all the commissions were happening. Was the church was the mm-hmm. kind of richest patron patron mm-hmm. um so they had all the money and that's where all the artists went cool mm-hmm. so uh where else um have you been other than cedarburg in italy like in what way well just uh professionally um have you worked anywhere else other than the the art gallery and the art museum 
Um, that's about it, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fresh from college, I started teaching. So, mm-hmm. and I've done a lot of internships, like at the Milwaukee Art Museum, um, and some galleries downtown Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. But. Tell us, tell us about working at the art museum, the Milwaukee Art Museum. Oh, I worked in, um, I'm forgetting the section. <laughs> oh, man. I worked in, oh, gosh, it was like European painting, um, okay. the curatorial side of things. So uh-huh. I did some research for some of their um, ongoing exhibitions at that time. So that was a couple years ago. And Mm -hmm. yeah, so it was wonderful. I got to work in like the basement, which was kind of fun with all the archives. And so something you would appreciate there. Was this before the renovation of the art museum? It was before the renovation. Yep. Because I I have visited the library collection after that. And now it's um, housed within a house that was donated to the Milwaukee Art Museum. Um, So it's now called the Milwaukee Art Museum Research Center, where they have all their their archives and their books uh, about the artists and artworks that are in the library. Oh, lucky you. I've got to make it over there. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's it's very relevant for for what we're doing, (laughs) so I'll have to make it over there. They're actually in the process of moving things mm-hmm. over to the new building so I didn't get to read the benefits of the the new space but I hear it's really great well I've been wanting to have a um sort of like a field trip for Cedarburg artists and me nice. <laughs> to go to visit the the research center and and have uh maybe some collaborative things going on um because I know Artists are always looking for things. They're always looking at things and getting inspiration while looking at other things. And there might be an artist that they haven't really explored before and might get inspiration uh, for a new artwork or a series of artworks than uh, what they've been doing. So Cool. Well, I hope I'm invited to that. Sure, um, yeah. But secondly, yes. just on that topic... And it's kind of to be determined. We don't really even have the dates yet, but we mm-hmm. are going to have a exhibition mm-hmm. that will be um, sort of what is it? Masters as muses. Okay. So looking at older masterpieces and recreating them um, oh. for contemporary artists. So okay, be on the lookout. Sure. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So is that going to be a local artist doing that or just a series of artists? Yeah, it'll be an open show, so a Mm -hmm. juried exhibition. So it'll be opened nationwide. That's really the only time that we um, allow exhibitions to have a a wider breadth of artists is through our juried shows. We we allow to go nationwide. Otherwise, we stick to Ozaki County or, you know, Wisconsin artists. Okay, so yeah, that was one of my questions was uh, what kind of artists are uh, exhibitions do you have at the art museum? Yeah, so like I was saying, we really do focus on the art, um, the artwork of Cedarburg and its Mm -hmm. close environs. So Mm -hmm. Cedarburg, Ozaki, Washington, Milwaukee County. Okay. there are many times that we open it up to like greater Wisconsin artwork. Mm -hmm. And like I said, um, for that juried show that happens once a year, we do Mm -hmm. open it up to, um, nationwide artists. So that's really cool. Um, and then when we kind of look at a time frame, so our permanent collection does have a lot of older 
early Wisconsin artworks. So kind mm-hmm. of from the beginning of Cedarburg's, you know, artistic view um, up into contemporary times. Okay. And then furthermore, um, when we talk about like the type of artwork, we're really open to it all. Okay. Um, so we have everything with like fiber art. So we do kind of dabble into, you know, the quilt museum's world sure. um, every once in a while. Like we did have our collage show that did, it was last spring, mm-hmm. ended up having a lot of fiber art and that quilting, that sort of thing. Right. Um, and then it, we also have like large outdoor sculpture. So for example, this upcoming summer, we're going to have large metal pieces by Don Esser, who's a local artist. Mm -hmm. Um, so we really, we really try to keep it as open as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's a little bit difficult, um, with maybe digital art just because, Technology is a little difficult for us at the museum in an older mansion. Okay, um, but that kind of, we're we're always open to it. Sure. Uh, well, uh, perhaps we can help with the digital aspect of it. At All some right. Point. Um, we would love that <laughs> because, as uh, some of you know, uh, we do have um, exhibiting space here at the library, and we exhibit Cedarburg artists and. Um, so if there are Cedarburg artists that work in the digital sphere, then we certainly do have some of the technology that can can display it. So very cool. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So um, tell us a little bit about the museum itself. A little bit of the history. You hinted at it, um, but uh, it it showed that you have a collection of artworks from when art became uh, exhibited here in Cedarburg. So mm-hmm. about what time was that? Oh, man. 18-something? Yeah, well, well, our mansion is from 1898. Okay. Um, and I do know that, and I'm still kind of getting versed on Cedarburg's artistic mm-hmm. personal history, okay. um, but it was one of the original artist colonies of Wisconsin, which is super neat. And that's kind of why the Cedarburg Artist Guild has such strong roots here right. um, and why I think it's so popular among among many. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do, we have artwork that's going as early as I think the 1850s in our permanent collection. Oh, okay. Um, so... You know, we don't have, like, super, super early artwork, but um, pretty decent as far as the, you know, the city of Cedarburg is concerned. So Oh, sure. Well, yeah. I mean, 1850, that's pretty old because uh, Wisconsin was only being developed around that time anyway. So. Right, right. Um, oh, no, I'm second-guessing my 1850. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Milwaukee, uh, you know, I think it... It started getting more poppy, you know, population coming in around the 1840s or around that time. Mm-hmm. So, right. Um, so it seems like the that Cedarburg was established very early on. Mm-hmm. That's very place. true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did I answer your question fully? Sure. Yeah. Well. Um, so, what kinds? You mentioned that you uh, have artists from the you know the surrounding counties. Um, what kind of artworks are you generally seeing at the museum? Right. Um, so we really see anything in between. You know, like landscape painting. Mm-hmm. You know, when we look at our permanent collection, 
Many of the artworks depicting Cedarburg are beautiful landscapes. We do have downtown scenes. Mm -hmm. um, so we are exhibiting a lot of things that focus on Cedarburg itself, whether that be in the rural side of it or the city side of it, mm -hmm. um, and also you know older to contemporary times. Um, we also show at the museum like that fiber art, like I was saying. Um, we're excited to have this upcoming spring. Um, starting May 13th, we'll actually be focusing on African-American collectors oh, and showing wow. their their mm -hmm. their collection. Um, and we're going to have a guest curator, Evelyn Patricia Cher Terry. Okay. Um, so she's an African-American artist. She also has a gallery in downtown Milwaukee. Okay. So we're focusing on, you know, the collections of African-Americans featuring African-American artists. So we're looking at different demographics and making sure we can shed light on that. So we're mm -hmm. really trying to be as diverse as possible mm -hmm. in the type of artwork and who's being represented, all of that kind of, of thing. So. so what kind of value do you place in art? Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> it's got such a high, I, you know, after teaching at UW-Whitewater and, and taking all my courses, I really do believe that art is kind of a signifier for culture. Mm -hmm. If we don't have art, we don't have culture. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's just, I don't know. Like, I think it's so undervalued, um, but artwork can show off personality. Mm -hmm. It can show the history of a town. I think, again, when we're looking at Cedarburg, it's showing what old Cedarburg used to look like. Right. How it looked like before it was completely settled. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it does have a lot of historical importance. Um, and it can show what we're working on, um, you know, as, as a community now. Sure. So it's kind of reflecting what's going on in the world today. Right. So it's just a... Yeah. <laughs> so um, do you think that there is a, um, you know, there's a uh, debate whether or not um, things that are practical are, are also artworks, uh, like functional art. Mm -hmm. Do you do you feel that there is, um, you know, do you think there is much of a difference as far as defining it as art or not? I, I don't think there is a big difference because mm -hmm. this chair that I'm sitting on was designed by an artist. Right. Everything that, you know, everything has an art, an aesthetic appeal, an artistic appeal. Mm -hmm. I think we're all kidding ourselves if we don't think, yeah, this microphone wasn't designed by somebody to be aesthetically pleasing, to be visually pleasing. Right. So I think art and functionality go hand in hand they are the same thing mm -hmm. you know there are certain things like a like a painting on the wall that you'd call just you know decorative mm -hmm. but like I said there's that historical impact there's something that you know there's a reason you pick that to be on your art on your wall right you know you have some kind of emotional feeling towards it so nothing's just decorative sure well, I think, um, you know, a lot of paintings historically have shown biblical themes and um, because literacy was not was an issue back in the day. So that's how people got information was by looking at these paintings. Um, and then, uh, you know, there are a lot of artworks that have a lot of uh, social commentary in them. If you look at uh, what's going on in the painting, 
So um, I think in that sense, too, it, you know, there's a value in that as well. It's not just um, a landscape or or a bouquet of flowers on a, you know, a still life. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, definitely. So I there's mean, a wide spectrum. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you were looking at even landscapes and you're looking at, like, the Dutch Renaissance, the big sky that those Dutch landscape paintings had. Sure. Always had this kind of biblical or... Um, kind of heavenly importance so Mm -hmm. yeah nothing's just a landscape nothing's just decorative right and also as you mentioned the dutch they weren't they the first one first painters to start painting everyday scenes definitely yes but you know the marketplace and Mm -hmm. um where because before then it was portraiture of noble people and and more biblical type things oh certainly Mm -hmm. nice yeah (laughs) (laughs) definitely so i remember some of my art history i like it you're very (laughs) you remember a lot (laughs) um so you know as an art director how how is it that you like to work with artists do you have a or, or perhaps you're still developing your style or you know, relationships? Well, um, so we do have a curator, but Mm -hmm. I do curate a couple of our smaller solo shows every year. Okay. Um, and I do work on like the larger exhibitions with Mary, our curator too. But, um, on those shows that I work with alone, I do like to collaborate. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, for example, with the, the, the show we currently have, the Whimsical Houses of Ron Corlin. Mm-hmm. You know, I went over to his studio. We checked out his artwork. He told me about what he would like to do, what types of models he wanted. Mm-hmm. I'm so open to ideas. I don't know everything, you know, so I'm so open to collaborating. And that's, I want it to be a mutual experience for both of us. I want us to both be happy. Right. So I really like a collaborative relationship with, um, with the artists for the exhibitions that I'm working on. So what else do you do as art director other than um, do these collaborations? I have a lot of, you know, administrative, like the boring accounting things, Mm -hmm. you know, those emails. Mm -hmm. Um, But a really important part is working with the volunteers. Sure. We have over 100 volunteers that we work with. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, it really is. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're all really wonderful, but it's it's managing and it's looking, you know, for good ways to collaborate with them also. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of it's volunteer management, making sure we have docents who can be at the museum when I'm not there, can answer sure. questions, mm-hmm. making them feel good about what they're doing. Um, you know, because as a nonprofit, we really, we, we live with those volunteers. Sure. Um, we would not exist without those volunteers. So that's a big part of it. Um, how do they, how do the docents learn about the artworks? Do you have a library collection within the Cedarburg Art Museum? You know, we do have some archives, Mm -hmm. um, but we are, so with every exhibition that we put on, we Mm -hmm. have a docent briefing, um, and it's also open to the public. So if anybody wanted to come, um, if any of our volunteers who do other things wanted Mm -hmm. to come, they can learn about that specific exhibition. So either I or Mary, the the curator, will talk about what's going on, talk about the background, individual artworks. So that's how they can kind of know 
about the artwork that's up on the wall. Okay. Um, otherwise, you know, when considering the permanent collection that's maybe behind closed doors, we always have a part of our permanent collection on display, but we can't fit it all on the walls. Um, so those works, we are currently working on getting those on our website. Um, so having not just images of what's in our permanent collection for the public to see, because that's really a part of our missioning is mission is promoting and making sure everybody's informed about the artists and right. the artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, so not only just having images of those, but also write-ups on the artists doing some kind of, um, you know, visual analysis so that it can help, you know, maybe somebody who's not well-versed at looking at art, be able to see the different details and what, you know, that symbolism might be. Right. So that's something we're, we're currently working on. Um, yeah, that's a big project. It is a really big project. It's mm-hmm. a big project. We've got a couple of interns who are going to be working on it this spring. Okay. And as we're moving forward, both Mary and I will probably be working on that too. So. Okay. So yeah. are your interns, uh, are they college students or? Well, I currently have one that's an undergrad and then this upcoming spring, we're going to be adding on a master's student from UWM. So okay. super exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, all, both of them are in art history. So it's really, they're going to, they're going to be learning a lot, which sure. is wonderful. Um, so are you seeing any like artistic trends that are going on that maybe you would like to see here in Cedarburg? Oh, definitely. Um, you know, and I thought about this, uh, I really think that one of the big trends we're seeing and we're seeing it not just with artistry, but in general is that, uh, we're seeing the kind of speaking out against inequality. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, whether that's um, gender or that's race. So something that we've been doing at the museum is making sure we're, again, diversifying what mm-hmm. we're showing. Um, so, for example, last spring we had our collage show, which featured four female artists. Mm-hmm. And then upcoming spring we're going to be having that African-American collector show. Mm-hmm. So kind of you know, just shedding light on certain artwork and artists who haven't been maybe seen here before. Sure. Um, so that's something that's definitely, you know, we're trying to promote at the museum. Well, that's really exciting. It is very exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we actually have a monthly group that meets here called Bridge of the Divide, and they uh, talk about racial issues within the, uh, the Milwaukee and the Osaki County areas. Wow. So, so um It would be really, I'm sure they would love to hear about this upcoming show. Definitely. Mm -hmm. And they also have a radio show um, called Bridge the Divide. All right. (laughs) Well, I'm seeing collaborations happen here already. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. Yeah, we'll definitely have to get get going on that. Sure. So, um, you know, there's a lot of things that go on here at the library and at the Cedarburg Art Museum. So how, how can people find out more about the Cedarburg Art Museum? Right. So we have a wonderful website that is constantly updated with our upcoming exhibitions and events. For example, we just had a high tea event here last Friday mm-hmm. um, that was open to the public, which was really fun. And we also have a high school sketch program, okay. which if you don't mind. Sure. Um, it's a really, it's a free program for middle schooler and high school kids mm-hmm. to come up about once a month. And you know, the dates and everything are on our website. 
but they get to come and learn from an actual artist some kind of artistic skill. So, for example, in January 22nd, we're going to have um, local Cedarburg artist Erin Callahan Bloom okay. um, teach kids about portrait drawing. Oh, wow. So they'll be able to come for free. It's a first-come, first-serve. We top, we top off at about 18 kids. Okay. Um, but every time they come to one of these sessions, they get an art kit. And then they get to um, kind of add on to it. So, oh. for example, we have a, a printmaking one last month, so they got some printmaking supplies. And so you kind of continue to add on to your little professional art kit. And by the wow. end of the, the, I think April's our last one, mm-hmm. um, they end up having, you know, their own little art kit to kind of live out, you know, their artistic dreams. Sure. Um, so all that information is on our website. We also are on Facebook. Mm -hmm. That's a big way to kind of follow us and as well as Instagram. Oh, okay. So, well, this, uh, this, um, sketch program sounds really interesting, you know, giving kids that opportunity to see how it is to, you know, produce art and all the materials to make the art. It, I mean, it's such a wonderful program, and I actually heard from one of the parents we had um, in our last our last session. She said that her her kid went, or actually, it wasn't her kid; it was her friend's or her kid's friend. There we go. Um, ended up coming home every day that week after school, and instead of going on his Xbox whipped out his art kit and started drawing. Wow. Um, that is a true story. Yes. I was just so touched by that, that, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of art programs around are getting cut. Um, so it's just a good way that we can kind of bring it back to, to kids' lives. Right. Yeah. And yeah, it's not a busy activity. You can actually learn something from exactly. it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Um, so, oh yes. Tell us about the beer garden. Ah, our famous beer gardens. Yes. So <laughs> um, they will be start, our, our first beer garden will be June 11th. Okay. So it's from 5.30 to 8.30. Mm-hmm. Every Thursday, um, we will be having a band, so live music and a mm-hmm. food truck, along with our beer in our carriage house being served. Cool. So there's always something new going on. Um, we don't have our lineup ready yet. Um, mm-hmm. That's something I'm currently working on, so that's to be determined. But sure. if you go on our website, we have a nice little tab for mm-hmm. beer garden. You can find all the information there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and yes, it's very, there's so much fun. If you haven't been there, please come. You know, it's a lot of the community members come out, and you don't have to spend a lot of time if you don't want to, but a lot of people do. Sure. Um, you know, have a beer, have some food, and listen to live music. Yes. Well, I, I heard that a lot of our friends of the library members went to the beer garden. So. Yes. yes. Yeah, last year you were one of our sponsors. Yeah. So. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, friends. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this has been another session of Art Talk with Samantha Landry, who is the new director of the Cedarburg Art Museum. So thanks for coming to our show, Samantha. It was really wonderful speaking with you. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.